they're still grieving. Some families will be lost to one another forever. To those of you who face the difficulties of reconnecting with family and establishing ongoing relationships, we say sorry. We offer this apology in the hope that it will assist your healing and in order to shine a light on a dark period of our nation's history. To those who have fought for the truth to be heard, we hear you now. You're listening to Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Sparrow. This podcast is a production of Jigsaw Queensland Post-Adoption Support Service. However, the views expressed are those of the people participating, not necessarily Jigsaw Queensland. The podcast discusses adult themes and listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Jane. Let's talk about Christmas. This is a time when there are many cultural messages about families getting together and being happy and joyful. The reality, however, is often different. Absolutely. Christmas can bring with it huge complexities for those impacted by adoption. And I think we need to acknowledge that this year, COVID-19 might bring with it some brand new challenges. People may not be able to see loved ones interstate or overseas, and they might feel more isolated than usual. I know that often I celebrate with some of my extended adoptive family from New Zealand and that likely won't be possible this year. Um, Also, yeah, I haven't seen my aunt and uncle from Sydney since February and since they're my closest family since my adoptive parents died, that's definitely been weighing on me quite heavily as they're getting older. Mm. As it is, um, Christmas can be a reminder of losses experienced Whether those losses occurred through adoption or have been compounded by additional losses, one of those that we've mentioned in a previous episode this year is the loss of parents, whether that be um, for adoptees, their their natural parents or their adoptive parents. Um, Sometimes the loss doesn't only relate to having lost a significant other through death, though, but through family estrangement or simply not having the relationship that we would ideally like to have with a certain family member. Yeah, Christmas um, can also bring up thoughts of what if, for example, say you're spending time with biological family or a child lost through adoption and you're reminded of all the Christmases that could have been that you didn't get to experience together. Um, conversely, you may not have been able to experience a reunion and might be yearning to spend the day with lost family or wondering what they're up to. Um, adopted, adopted people sometimes also report a feeling of not quite fitting in, whether that be in either of their families. Some feel they don't fit in either family. Yeah. And for an adoptive person, I know it can be stressful trying to juggle two families and mothers and fathers may feel sad if their adult child is not with them. Jane, I started my reunion journey back when I was 19 and didn't have any resources or support on how to navigate special events such as birthdays, Mother's and Father's Day or Christmas and Easter. The result is that I've had some spectacular fails that make me cringe in retrospect. I can definitely relate, Jo. I feel like I spent the first 18 years of my life yearning for my biological family, thinking of them on special occasions, wondering where they were, what they were doing, 
Um, then I experienced a reunion and a couple of Christmases that involved both my adoptive and biological parents, which had some of their own complexities as well. And now that um, my adoptive parents have passed away, Christmas brings to mind memories of them and I miss them a great deal. Mm. So, um, yeah, even though they're not here, Christmas is still a bit of a juggle for me um, as I find it important to celebrate and spend time with both of my families um, and my extended adopted family now um, over the Christmas season in general um, and not to mention a large network of friends. So one of the biggest issues I deal with these days is stress over trying to fit everything in, not upset anybody um, if I can't spend as much time with them as I may hope. Yeah, I totally get this, Jane. I've definitely felt like this over the years. I think that this Christmas, my biggest struggle will be that both my husband and I lost our fathers in 2020, mine just following Christmas and New Year's, and his just after Father's Day. I spent a lot of last Christmas just sitting quietly with my dad, holding his hand, deep in the knowledge that we wouldn't have another Christmas together, and he became quite upset when he left my sister's home that day. As it turns out, my husband's father was supposed to be with us for Christmas as well, but he pulled out that morning because he was feeling really unwell. And it turned out to be the first major sign of a later aggressive bowel cancer diagnosis. So he was given news of a very short life expectancy back when the second wave of COVID restrictions stopped us from visiting him in hospital. And I think these memories will be very present for us this Christmas. It can certainly be a complex season for so many people. Have you got any tips on managing this season, Jane? Well, one of the things I find helpful personally is exactly what you said, to think of it as a season. Um, so like throughout December, I often try to coordinate gatherings with various important people in my life, including friends and family. Um, and I find it helpful to plan ahead and also factor in some downtime, just time for myself to process um, and engage in activities that I find nurturing or restorative. Mm. Um, I'm an introvert so that downtime is very important for me but other people who are more extroverted it might be planning or making sure you have some time with people that you just feel very comfortable with and who you know are supportive and um, understanding of you. It can pay to reflect beforehand on activities or people that you do find supportive and relaxing. Um, I also love over Christmas to see friends and family that have children. I feel like it adds a bit of magic and fun. Um, and I also like to take time out reading, um, listening to Christmas music, carols on TV, um, and I guess just reflecting on the year, uh, as well as fun activities with friends who I feel like there's no complexity with. Yeah. Um, like last year I went to mini golf with a friend that I've had Christmas mini golf it was with a friend I've had since I was a year old um, and she kind of feels like family now but I feel very comfortable with her. It sounds like fun. Yes definitely. Um, I also try to be respectful but assertive with people about what I can and can't do because at the end of the day if we aren't at our best we're not really helping anybody else if we're feeling exhausted and spreading ourselves too thin. I think if we've done our best to communicate respectfully where we're at we can't really be responsible for another person's feelings or reaction. Mm. We can empathise um, and we can compromise where possible but I don't think we need to take full responsibility for other people's feelings and how they cope with those feelings. 
Yeah. Um, perhaps we can talk through a little bit about communi- a communication strategy called I statements because these can be extremely effect- an extremely effective way to communicate our feelings and needs assertively but kindly. Um, and for example, we may use this when we feel, if, say, confronted by a request or other challenging behaviour from another person. Okay, Jane, well, let's do a role play. Mm-hmm. Imagine I'm a biological family member and I say to you, we're having all the family, including your grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins who haven't met you yet over for Christmas lunch this year. And we'd really like you to finally meet with them, okay? Oh, wow. Um I guess when I hear you list all the people that will be present at your family Christmas this year, most of whom I haven't met, it leads me to feel pretty overwhelmed and quite anxious. I think I'm scared of letting you down and I'm scared that this might lead you and your family to pull away from me. However, what I really need is for us to continue taking things slowly Would it be possible to organise some one-on-one time together this Christmas and for me to meet the rest of your family down the track? Jane, I can really see how a response like that takes the heat out of the discussion. Mm -hmm. And personally, even though I'm 30 years into reunion now, I always feel anxious and tense when speaking to my biological family. And Mm -hmm. it's not because of them. I would just characterise it as just being one of those adoption things. You know, Mm -hmm. perhaps deep down I'm fearful of saying the wrong thing and, and making them disappear. So can you break down for us why I statements can be a useful tool? Well, the components of an I statement are I feel, first of all, and you need to name an emotion and make sure it actually is an emotion and not a thought, perception or opinion. Um, Because you could say something like, I feel like you're putting pressure on me, but that is not an emotion and that's... um, probably going to lead to defensiveness Mm -hmm. so yeah I feel an actual emotion name an emotion when and you then describe the behavior or the words the exact words the other person has used objectively and non-judgmentally because and you give the reason for maybe why you might feel that way um, or you can leave that bit out sometimes and then it's good to end with something like what I need or what I would prefer or what I'm requesting is um, and give them something very concrete to consider and to come back with. Yeah. Um, And that was just an example. Um, But this type of statement can really be used in any scenario, such as if, say, you were feeling excluded from a family event. Uh, You might say something like, when I hear you describing your Christmas plans, I feel really sad because it leads me to feel that maybe I don't belong in the family and I'm wondering if there's a way I could be included in your Christmas plans. Mm -hmm. Um, These can be received a lot better than what we call you statements, which is when other people can feel blamed and get defensive. So if I said, you know, back to what you said to me before, if I said, well, your request is completely unreasonable, I can't believe you'd ask me to meet up to 20 new family members um, or maybe, you know, I can't believe you'd sit there and tell me all about your Christmas plans and not even consider that I might feel excluded. Uh, if you say something like that, the response from the other party would likely be quite different and more likely to lead to conflict. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean that I statements are always received well, but they do give us a better chance of being heard and they optimise the chances of being able to negotiate two different perspectives and find a compromise.
mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about you, Joe? Is there anything you've learned over the years about coping with difficulties that can arise? Yeah. Um, for a lot of years, my husband and I did the Christmas caravan tour. Uh, so <laughs> his parents were divorced and with new partners and there was my family. And so we would spend our day in a car doing breakfast at one spot, lunch at another, mm-hmm. dinner somewhere else. And adoption at certain times in my life added yet another perceived pressure. And it made Christmas a bit of a drag for us, to be honest. Um, we never got to settle in and relax anywhere. So we ended up making a hard rule that we would pick one place to go for Christmas lunch and that allowed us to spend time together as a family in the mornings and relax somewhere else in the afternoons. And like you, we'd catch up with other family in the lead up to or after Christmas. So in general, we alternate families each year. And once we explained why and how we plan to do things, everyone was pretty much fine with it. They understood and we haven't really had any issues or angst about it since. And Jane, like you, I'm an introvert and I find large groups and consecutive gatherings quite exhausting. So Mm. another tip might be that you may decide to only go to an event for a short time or have a plan about leaving if things get too stressful. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And if you're at an event and become overwhelmed, it's also okay to take a mini break. So say get up from the table, go to the bathroom, go for a little walk and return after your emotions have calmed a little. Um, Neuroscience tells us that if we've been actually triggered um, by something, we are flooded with emotions and it can take on average half an hour for these emotions to calm. So um, once they have, we're going to be in a much better space to respond rather than to react. Yeah. And if your emotions are triggered, another tip is to practice some slow breathing for a minute. Breathe out for three counts, breathe in for three counts and do it to help calm yourself. And doing this at regular intervals during the day can be very helpful. I've actually been using breathing and even meditation a lot this year to cope with stressful situations, as has one of my boys, and it really does help. For sure. I must admit, I don't always practice these types of strategies (laughs) as often as I should. Um, However, other things I find calming as well are listening to a song, sitting quietly, grounding myself by noticing what's around me um, and reminding myself that I'm okay. Yeah. Joy, another really difficult scenario is that what people sometimes face at Christmas is not actually having any close family with whom to spend the day. I've certainly had these feelings at various times after the loss of my adoptive parents when I didn't have a lot of family in Brisbane and had to think long and hard about who I would feel most comfortable sharing the day with. In these scenarios, there can be significant grief. It might be helpful to think also about the concept of chosen family, such as good friends. Um, It can be scary to reach out sometimes and ask to spend Christmas with a friend and their family, but sometimes it can be worth the risk and you might even create a new tradition. Yeah, it's a great idea. We often have um, family friends attending Christmas events. And another idea is to create a different kind of tradition. Maybe go on a trip. Coronavirus may have clipped our wings, but hopefully most of us will be able to travel, even if it's only within our states by Christmas time. Yep. And perhaps you can also have a supportive friend on speed dial. Uh, Have a plan for who you can talk to if you experience distress, anxiety or depression. 
uh, try to find a supportive person you can debrief with. It may be a friend or family member, but it may also be um, an existing counselling professional or GP, um, FAS, a FAS service, another adoption service provider, Lifeline, etc. We'll mention some of those options at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's a great idea. And remember that you are not alone in having the festive season be a challenging one. This is true for so many people. And Jane, just before we end our final episode for this crazy year that was 2020, I mean, I can't even believe it's our final episode. Um, I just wanted to wish you well this Christmas and personally thank you for your work on the Adopt Perspective podcast. The end product everyone listens to is like that cliche duck on the pond and underneath the water sits hours of research, brainstorming, meetings, organisation, phone calls, emails and other work. And Jane, you just put so much of yourself into every episode. There is no near enough is good enough with you and you are all in and we are a better podcast (laughs) because of you. So from me, an enormous thank you. That's true, Joe. about the not no near enough is good enough. I do have quite high expectations uh, of myself and maybe other people as well. Um, I was recently given a card from one of my adoptive mum's friends, which she'd written right before I started year 12. And mum had written, Jane has very high expectations of herself and we hope that she can last the distance. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I look forward to next year. Um, I have no doubt that there's so many more topics we can explore as well as hearing people's stories, which, of course, they can express an interest through the form on our website. Yes. Um, I'd like to say a huge thank you to you as well, Joe, for all of your hard work on the podcast this year. Um, as you say, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, and I know that aside from the prep for each episode, You also have put many, many hours into editing episodes um, to put out the best possible product. So thanks for your hard work and also your support throughout the year. Oh, thanks, Jane. And uh, (laughs) just a reminder for everyone that Jigsaw will be open until Christmas Eve and will reopen on 4th of January. And in the meantime, for crisis support, contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. While we are closed, phone counselling is available through Beyond Blue on 1300 2246 36. Yep, and I've also found out about another service recently, Joe, that's called Friendline. And if people are just in need of a friendly chat, um, they can actually ring that service, which has volunteers waiting about any topic. Um, and their number is 1800 424 287. And thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast and wished us well and given us feedback and shared it with others. We wish you all a safe and Merry Christmas and New Year's and we'll be back again in 2021 with a whole new perspective. Thanks for listening to the Adopt Perspective podcast. If you'd like to find out more, go to the podcast page on www.jigsawqueensland.com and you'll find a wealth of information and resources on the website. If you reside in Queensland, you can reach Jigsaw Queensland's Forced Adoption Support Service on toll-free 1800 210313 or you can call Jigsaw on 07 3358 If you live in another state of Australia, you can still call the Forced Adoption Support Service number and your call will be answered by the Forced Adoption Support Service in the state that you're calling from. In every other state, 
Relationships Australia operates this service. A big thank you to Matt Sparrow for composing and recording our original theme music. Until next time, I'm Jo Sparrow saying farewell from a DOP perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption. Mm-hmm.